Welcome to the Getting Uncomfortable Podcast, starting a war on comfort zones and the havoc that they wreak. I am Tara Christine, your host. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, listener, and welcome to the episode seven of Getting Uncomfortable, the podcast. I am Tara Christine, your host, and I come to you today on January 25th, 2021, uh, which marks my oldest daughter's 21st birthday. Um, just blown away. I have been spending much of the day reminiscing and memories and pictures uh, over social media, just all of the good stuff and wondering where on earth this two decades has gone because wow, I... Uh, cannot even stress enough to young parents out there uh, don't blink it is going to fly uh, and just get wild and <laughs> it's so beautiful it's it's excruciatingly beautiful but today I wanted to really center this episode on Brielle is my daughter's name uh, and the fact that the topic of getting uncomfortable as far as this podcast goes would have to be teenage parenting. Um, for me, I got pregnant just after I turned 17 years old and it was a whirlwind. Let me tell you, uh, the story, it all started back in the early nineties. I was at that tween kind of preteen stage that is awkward for a lot of folks and um, I just began not fitting in anywhere anymore and being teased quite a bit at school and on the block that we lived, um, anywhere there were kids. It seemed like I had become the perfect target for bullying and torment. And that didn't bode well for me when we moved from the outskirts of Detroit, um, more in the city type environment, way up north to a small one stoplight, one school system town uh, that I just never really ended up fitting into. I was 12 years old at the time, it was the beginning of seventh grade, and we moved up. My first day of school was Halloween of 1994. And I remember my grandma had owned a restaurant in the county for most of my life. And so I knew some people in the area, but not well enough to befriend or be accepted into any groups or cliques or whatnot. Uh, once you get into the school, high school, well, junior high at the time, but even still, that type of environment. So over the years, I was the product of a lot of teasing for a quite, quite a long time and didn't really have a lot of friends. I didn't involve myself in sports or just much of anything because I didn't have the confidence to put myself out there. So the couple friends I did make were amazing. I mean, I had great memories with them. I wouldn't change a thing. They were complete angels that came into my life at a real trying time. I needed them. 
and I just complete blessings. I look back now and know that they that was completely God ordained. One of those really good friends had a boyfriend at the time, and the three of us hung out quite often. Um, and then she had an older brother that I happened to be crushing on at the time, which irritated her a bit and caused some friction in our friendship. So over more time, the boyfriend actually started contacting me and complaining that she nagged him a lot and he didn't really know what he wanted to do and such. And before you know it, he and I became boyfriend and girlfriend, (laughs) which I can laugh about 22 years later. But at the time, he honestly was the first boy that paid much of any attention to me and was actually nice. And I jumped at that. So before you know it, our junior prom came around and I ended up pregnant, which we did not find out right away. I was a rather oblivious type to schedules and cycles and things like that. And when it happened, it did. And when it didn't, whatever. But Father's Day of 1999, Brielle's dad, Tom, and I were at a local Kmart shopping for my dad. And something instinctually just told me that I needed to take a pregnancy test which I pocketed right there in the store, went into the bathroom, and took in the Kmart stall. Within less than 10 seconds, that test was positive, and I just remember freezing. Really, like, I didn't want to leave the bathroom at all. I didn't want to go out there and say out loud that this is what was happening. I didn't, I really didn't know how I was going to face this and what I was going to do. But eventually I came out of the bathroom and I handed him the test and was just totally beside myself now trying to shop for a gift for my dad for Father's Day and wondering how on earth I'm going to break this news to him and my mom and the family and the world and oh my god, what have I done? We proceeded to wander aimlessly through the store for a while, and I eventually chose a big boombox and bought him this huge piece of stereo equipment um, and went home and went right to work at the little ice cream shop I worked at. And I remember I told the owner, Judy, who I absolutely loved, and I have not seen her in so long. If by any chance, Judy, you come across this podcast and hear this episode, I love you, I miss you, and maybe I hope to talk to you again someday. Reach out to me, please. But she and my coworker, I just remember, were so supportive and loving, and I held on to that for quite a while. I remember getting ready to put on a garage sale for our senior trip. We were raising some funds to be going to Cancun the following spring break. And as we were in my kitchen, kind of going through clothes, my mom and I were talking. And I just remember working up the nerve that day and telling her that I was pregnant, which her response was, I know. And I asked, how could she possibly know? And she said, because my boobs had gotten bigger. So out came the news. And then 
I ended up telling my dad, which I can't remember actually if it was on Father's Day when I gave him his gift and broke the news and it was tough. It was very heavy. It was a lot of, I mean, I, we've all been through these things where it's a lot to wrap our brain around and we have to really kind of get our bearings. So all of that aside, I went through my pregnancy knowing that I was a child having a child and I could see the looks on people's faces as they would pity the baby I was carrying because they could tell that I was just a baby myself and certain comments would be made here and there and I just remember it becoming a driving force for me. Um, there was one time I had made a comment about graduating high school and somebody kind of snickered and said, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. And I just thought, oh, you, okay. And I'll show you. And I did. So she ended up, was born obviously January 25th of 2000. Um, I was 17 years old when she was born and it was the middle of my senior year. My pregnancy had gone amazingly well. I felt so good. I attended school all the way through and was also a part of the school to work program where I was employed at our local health center. I embraced the process. I started eating healthier. I quit smoking the cigarettes and drinking the beer like teenagers do to fit in. And I really, really took it serious and wanted to be the best that I could for this baby. Her due date was February 3rd of 2000, but she ended up coming 10 days early. I remember coming home from school and just feeling kind of funny. Obviously, late in pregnancy, as many women know, you really just kind of want it to happen. And you're hoping at all costs that this is it and this is it. And there's so many false alarms and things like that. And you just are constantly making calls and in contact with the hospital. So... I ended up in the hospital later on a Monday night, and it was dark by the time we got there, and they got me in, and from start to finish, I was in labor for 30 hours. Uh, it was rough. She really got to the point where she didn't want to come out at all, and they emergently broke down that table and suctioned her out as her heart rate started to drop, and... She was born perfect and amazing, um, tore her mom all apart, but you know what? <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't even care at that point. She was there and my world was changed. I honestly think back and I cannot remember really being too nervous. It seemed like I just naturally fell into the role of being pregnant and taking care of myself and it was easy and sleeping and just being active and such doing what needed to be done and so then once Brielle was born it was the same type of thing uh I hadn't found out what she was ahead of time but I knew in my heart that she was a girl and I had only picked out a girl's name and really didn't confer with her dad whatsoever it was going to be Brielle Alexis and it is Brielle Alexis <laughs> I just loved her so much. It was easy to dote on her. It was easy to love her and do whatever it took 
to take care of everything that she needed at any cost. I didn't care that I was losing sleep. Um, and I'm thankful that I wasn't afflicted with postpartum depression or something that could have tainted that whole experience for me. Uh, it went very, very well. As a whole, my labor, delivery, the whole pregnancy, it was it was difficult at times, like just minor, minor things. I was a very, very lucky girl. And then those blessings extended into my child's character and behavior and sleeping patterns. I mean, she was such a good baby all the way around. I had mentioned that she was born 10 days early, and by the time she was 10 days old, she was already sleeping through the night. I had been nursing her. I nursed her for about three months total. That went just smooth without a hitch. I had literally no complaints about her whatsoever. And then even as she grew into a toddler, she was just this shy little meek spirit, which you would never believe now. Knowing her and just being around her is a hoot. There is no better company than Brielle, I tell you. But when she was young, she was a lot like, I I say her dad, because he was kind of shy and real quiet and sort of kept to himself and didn't have much to say. And so that as a child, she followed in his footsteps. And I have to admit, it would frustrate me to no end sometimes because I, on the other hand, am such a outgoing, you know, social butterfly to an extent and easy to talk to people and just be social and smile and say hello and oh she would just tuck right in and hug my leg and want no part of it and I'm just like Brielle I I admit I was impatient with her quite often um and that's a source of a little bit of mom guilt for me now after the fact because I say she was such a good child there was no cause for me to be hard on her about much of anything but I always believed consistency was key, and honestly, now she is, like, top-notch quality in so many ways, and I have to say, probably that had a lot to do with it. Uh, Tough love is tough to give. It's so hard to follow through on that, but, man, it's dire. If if we want well-rounded kids that can be disciplined and know right from wrong and and hold themselves to that standard and have manners and respect and I mean it just is so worth it but that could be an episode for another time so growing up Brielle was easy she was amazing I had to share custody with her dad who lived in different places around the state at different times and for a long time I primarily dealt with his mom and for a long time, it was there was some friction there, and we weren't always getting along, and, you know, it was through friend of the court, and there was a lot of paperwork, and a lot of hearings, and just so much unnecessary energy dumped into, you know, just looking back now, I think about it, and think, man, so many of those things just really didn't matter that we were arguing about, but that's just all part of it, right? It's that learning process. So... If I told you now that I spent this last year, Mother's Day weekend of 2020, at Brielle's grandma's house there that I surely didn't get along with for a few years, 
Um, actually, I was not even privileged to the knowledge of where her house was. I had never been to her house before Mother's Day of this last year. So that's kind of says, you know, a lot about how far things can come in just in maturing and growing and learning to forgive and just kind of settling matters like adults. It's, it's all well worth it. So we shared legal custody of her, but I had primary physical custody, which meant that she went with him every other weekend during the school year and then every other week during the summer. And over time, we fell into a great routine with that and we would meet at the agreed spot and things just went pretty good. He had his own life, I had my own life. Unfortunately, we both were guilty of really having a lot of drama in our respective lives and he had his own stuff going on and then with his other children that he had uh, Brielle is actually the oldest of eight kids she's got another brother and a sister with me and she has oh my gosh let me think here two other sisters and three other brothers over there I think that's the right math but it was it was tough. I was learning a lot. I you know had her so young. We essentially kind of were growing up together in a lot of ways. Uh, her dad, you know, he had issues of his own. Um, he his health took a turn about a decade ago now, and he has a form of muscular dystrophy, which you know, is weighing, uh, it's taking a toll on him, and then Brielle is naturally going to be concerned about her dad, uh, and, and then going into her teen years, she started to struggle with a lot of things, and uh, it didn't help that her younger brother and sister that I had weren't around nearly as much as she was, because they were with their dad half of the time always. So every other week, they were always gone, and she was always alone. And as she went into her teenage years, she would retreat into her room and do her own thing, as kids that age do. And I really believed that she wanted to be alone. And so I found myself hardly ever bothering her at all. I think back now and whole evenings would go by and other than dinner and, you know, the before bed good nights and the routine and such, there was hardly any conversation or interaction whatsoever. And I was busy with my own thing and really just thought that she was being a teenager. I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't remember personally wishing that my mom would spend more time with me. So I just assumed that it was the natural stage and that I wasn't supposed to be hanging around with her all the time anymore. But unfortunately, it went out of hand and it got drastic and a huge divide just kind of happened between us. And by the time she was 17, we were butting heads about everything all the time. And I would try so hard to have some patience and to keep my tone in check but I tell you you know teenagers can be button pushers and very entitled and self-centered and when they only see things a certain way it's hard to get through to them and I struggled 
And it didn't help that at that same time, I was going through my finding Christ and really coming to Jesus and realizing that life is outside of myself and serving others and doing for other people and giving as much as I can. And then I've got this child that is just want, 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 me, 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 me. And I was very hard for me to deal with. So in January of 2017, she turned 17 years old and a lot was going down at this point in time. I had never been more financially destitute and I had taken in a friend of hers that needed somewhere to stay, which added on extra expenses and stresses and all the rest. It all boiled down to a family Sunday that she wouldn't participate in going roller skating, or maybe it was ice skating, and she also wouldn't participate in having dinner with us or conversation. Her attitude was just kind of garbagey, and I was kind of at my wit's end and so frustrated, and remember saying to her that if she wasn't willing to step up and get a job and work like we both know she can and start contributing a little bit to this family she's gonna have to figure something out because I can't do this all on my own and unfortunately but of course everything happens for a reason she took that as me telling her to get the F out and that I didn't want her so Hours later, her boyfriend at the time, who she is still with to this day, they're just a beautiful couple, and I love that boy, like a son, totally, um, but her boyfriend at the time and his mom showed up to pick her up, and she was moving out. She packed all her stuff, she had bags in her hands, and they walked in my kitchen, and I can very vividly remember thinking to myself, Tara, do not react. Like, just stay cool. Don't freak out. Don't get in. Don't react. Because another thing I have to admit is that I am, I consider myself a recovering rageaholic. I have had so much rage and flown off the handle and really done some horrible things and hurt some people in my time. So, but the last thing I wanted at that moment in time was to make anything worse. It just didn't make any sense to me. And so I stood there pretty numb. And his mom said to her, are you sure that you want to come with me? Because I could be just as tough. And she was like, yep. And then I was going to start to cry. And I remember saying something about, you know what, I love you so much anyway, or, or something like that, and turning around and walking down the basement stairs. And then she was gone. <laughs> and I went upstairs, and I took a picture of her closet, was empty, and I sent it to my closest loved ones, and said she's gone, and she was, she was gone, that she has been gone ever since, and only ever come back to visit. But I tell you what, it was really, truly the best thing that that girl ever could have done for herself. That night, once the word got out, my dad ended up intercepting her and taking her to his house uh, back down in the county that we had lived prior before my divorce. After my divorce, I moved to the next county north uh, just to kind of start fresh and meet new people and 
get at us just a lot of the smog that was surrounding uh, current events at that time in my life. So my younger children were not able to transfer school districts, but since I had custody of Brielle, she transferred to the new school system. And once she moved out, that would have been the middle of her junior year, she ended up moving in with my dad and finishing up her high school. So in the meantime, before she had moved out of my house, we struggled to such an extent that I was taking anything I could think of away from her that I thought she valued. She was in dance class for a long time, so I ended up pulling her out of the ballet and the jazz, and which broke my heart because those are such good things to be a part of, but I didn't know what else to do. So I did. I yanked her out of dance. I had her throw her driver's training paperwork in the wood stove one night. Nope. Lies. Too many lies. You know, and just, just the tough parenting stuff. And so... When she moved down with my dad at 17 years old, she did not have a driver's license. She had no transportation, uh, lived six miles from the high school, but they worked it all out. I mean, God bless my dad. He, I can't even say enough about him. And he was struggling with his own stuff at the time. I mean, we, we all have our stuff. And so Brielle, you know, she adjusted very, very well. She got herself dual enrolled into some college classes and picked her grades right up. She graduated. She got into Lake Superior State University and is now in her third year of criminal justice. Um, recently, she purchased her own vehicle at 20 years old with uh, no co-signer. She did it all on her own. She spent the majority of the first lockdown through March and April and May with her grandmother, who at the very beginning of it fell and snapped her leg in half, needed help getting around, and that's why we went there for Mother's Day weekend. We All my kids and I stayed there because that way we could be with Brielle and with her grandma, and it was, it was nice. It was so great. We watched videos from when Brielle was born. And when she was little and her first birthday party and I just, I love reminiscing because the time just went by so fast and I, I, I regret a little bit that there was no such thing as technology and social media and such back then so that I could have documented their childhoods a little bit better. I don't, I don't feel like I did, and my lack of memory in so many areas is frustrating because I only have so many pictures that can bring back so many memories, and I know that other ones are lost in there, and I just have really learned to live in the moment for that. I tell you, my grandkids are going to be different someday. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, being a teenage mother was unbelievably trying. I mean, there are a lot of things that people go through and there's a lot of adversity, but single parenting is no joke. 
um, since Brielle was born when I was still 17, I had to live at home with my mom and dad until I turned 18. So her dad could only come and visit. He never stayed the night. He wasn't allowed to move in. It was only two months less than my birthday's March 13th um, until I turned 18. But I immediately got my own apartment in some local low-income housing and her dad did move in with us there which did not go all that great his main interest at the time was partying and also he and i just were not getting along whatsoever so we had our senior prom and i remember going it was my very first night away from her overnight my mom kept her I had to wear nursing pads under my dress so that I wouldn't leak through at my senior prom. And then it was June where I started pushing for him to move out of our apartment. It just got, it was very toxic. It was to the point where he was acting in ways that I wasn't willing to tolerate. And he kept saying that he was going to go and, but of course nobody was ever able to come pick up his stuff and move him out and there were all these excuses. So I called my dad one day and asked if by chance he was able to help him out and load up his stuff and go ahead and take it to his mom's. And so he did. And this day happened to be Father's Day. It was his very first Father's Day. He was moved out. But it really was for the best. Um, at that point in time, it just wouldn't have been in the best interest for everybody to be under one roof. Going into that summer uh, after graduating high school was pretty tricky, though, because after having been in such an ugly duckling stage for so long, now all of a sudden I'm a mom and I am a mama bear. And it happened while I was pregnant. I remember walking around school with my belly, and if I would see somebody getting picked on, I'd step right in. And it didn't matter anymore, and I wasn't afraid to speak up and do the right thing for people that were being mistreated. I even mustered up the guts somehow to get up at my high school commencements in front of everybody and speak about my experience. So going into summer was a tricky balance of parenting, you know, being a mom to my baby, and still being able to hang out with friends and do things that teenagers do and work and plan to go to college because I did. I was going to go to our local community college and I was going into criminal justice and I had plans and goals. And that is actually the summer that I met the man who I went on to marry and have my younger two children with. We all hung out. We all had a great time. Everything was good. He and I were only friends at that time, but it was a big group of friends. And I was able to still do things when Brielle would be at her dad's. I had every other week. At the time, maybe not. She was only a baby baby, but at least every other weekend. So I did have some free time and that was good. I'm not naturally a party hard type person anyway, so I didn't feel like I was missing out on a whole lot. Especially as I'm sitting back watching my fellow classmates get MIPs and all sorts of other things that weren't too appealing to me. So once summer did end and classes started at the college, I found myself struggling to find babysitters. 
any decent childcare that I could afford, that I could trust. It was getting trickier by the day. And within the first semester, I ended up dropping out because I found her in conditions that made me so sick. And I just thought, you know what? I am going to be the one to take care of my child. I, I And so unapologetically, I quit school. And I worked random at that time probably waitressing jobs and such that allowed me the flexible schedule of being able to be with my baby as much as possible. I really did make mom my identity for many, many, many years. I wasn't perfect. I did lash out. I was impatient in so many areas and could yell and scream and just I do have so many mom regrets, but again, it's all over the board and there's no way that we could be perfect. And I have to have grace with myself and just know that I really did do the best that I could with what I had at the times that I was doing it. Other than about an eight year time period in there when I was with my younger two children's father, and then we were married, I have primarily been a single mom. And again, always wanted to be able to work a job that allowed me as much time with them as possible. And therefore, I essentially chose to live in poverty. I wasn't going to go get a full-time job from 8 to 5 with the benefits and this and that and everything else because it literally would have siphoned so much of my quality time away from me and my kids and they would have been with other people and I just couldn't prioritize money over my children. It didn't make any sense to me. But also I have to admit that a lot of that time in there I was so emotionally drained and stressed and sometimes depressed and it's been a really long 13 years since my divorce with a lot of adversity and struggles in there on uh, so many different aspects of life and that can weigh a person down and really zapped a lot of my energy and motivation and confidence and believing in myself and it just has a way of breeding discouragement and fear and I was in a bad headspace for a really long time which of course is going to affect my children and I know that that is part of the rift that happened between Brielle and I as she started to get older and more aware of what was going on around her and my arguing with the men in my life and kind of the drama that came with that and and not having money for a lot of things that she was one that wished that she could have had all the name brand stuff and she wanted to fit in or, or whatever the case was, she resented me for not being able to provide that sort of thing. And there were just a lot of different things. She's a different person than I am. And I respect all of it. And honestly, she has come to respect who I am and still be appreciative of the things that I was able to offer. And that in and of itself makes me so proud to know that 
my child has grown up to be that mature and tolerant and understanding and loving and wise to be able to accept others and, and forgive them for their mistakes. I was a very lost soul in there for some of those years surrounding a lot of personal turmoil that I just dwelled in. I wasn't trying to be better, get smarter, do different. Like I just was staying in the same place and expecting a different result and endlessly just being in such a horrible mindset and then just everything. The environment around a person when they're unhealthy is toxic to all of those around them and I know that my daughter felt that. And since she was the one that was with me basically all the time, even though her brother and sister were gone half the time and that was a major stressor for me, unfortunately that zapped a lot of my emotional capabilities and shut me down. I was very depressed and completely distracted by it. And it's interesting because even though I sit here and say, oh yes, you know, I did these things and I have these regrets, essentially I, I would never change it because that may change random decision that would send everything on a totally different trajectory and I'm not willing to chance that because I really love where my life has come and is going and who I've become and just the fact that I have found God and my whole outlook is completely turned around which I never could have imagined and if you had told me even just six years ago that I would be the person that I have transformed into today I would have laughed in your face and probably told you to off but really said it out loud really would have said that word because I loved that word at that time I inserted that word in all my sentences probably pretty close whether the kids were around or not that was part of my crap attitude that I just carried around with me and I didn't care. And if you care, oh well for you because I'm not going to change it. I had been in a marriage that was a bit oppressive um, and I just wasn't willing to go back there once I had come out of it and really found myself and figured me out again. And so I kind of went like opposite total drastic opposite end of the spectrum and really turned into a bear for everybody my poor kids the man in my life at the time uh, after my divorce which happened in 2008 we split and then it was about a year and a half after that I met another guy we were together for about five years maybe uh, when all was said and done and he was really great to my kids so I was thankful for that Brielle really had a good relationship with him and so did the other kids and that was just that probably is why that lasted as long as it did to be honest with you and then when that was all said and done and I met the next man um, honestly that was about seven years ago now and he and I are still great friends. Uh, we ended on horribly disastrous terms, to be honest with you. Uh, it was awful, and maybe that will be another subject for another time. Actually, I've already talked about it some, if you've caught some of my other podcast episodes. But that was rough. 
that was really rough and um, unfortunately as close with my children as he had been too and so good with them and for them um, you know those relationships just kind of start to fall to the wayside a little bit but Brielle's still very, very close with her dad and I'm thankful for that um, his health is kind of hanging in there he's had it pretty rough this last year he and I have been pen pals just for the sake of keeping in touch and, you know, it's it's so interesting. You just grow up and out of so many different seasons that you think back and wonder what you were even doing. <laughs> One of the letters I got from him late last year, he said that he had talked to his mom who found one of his assignments from high school and wanted to know why most of it was in my writing. <laughs> it was about what he wanted to do with his life when he grew up and I completed that most of that assignment for him. So that that was just so funny. But as a whole, our family has been so loving and so supportive all these years that honestly we've all been able to grow and just get closer both actually Brielle's dad's side and my side we spend holidays together and we can talk as friends and as family and that is just so priceless and I most certainly made a whole slew of mistakes but honestly, I can say that when I had my kids and when my baby was with me and I was mom, I was all in, fully dedicated, no matter what. It was the times when I was free and maybe had a babysitter or they were with their dad. And sure, I did not always make the greatest decisions. And I think back and have definitely learned a lot from those decisions in between therefore not allowing myself to have regrets for those either I'm not sure if this is so much a conversation about teenage parenting as it is single parenting as a whole but as far as the teenage parenting part of it goes I again was so super blessed because although initially disappointed in the way that things were playing out um, when I broke the news my parents were incredibly supportive my entire family really was I could not ask for a better support system through the whole experience now I know that that is not the case for everybody and I couldn't imagine going through something like that alone I would hope that that person would at least have faith enough to be able to hang on to and understand that they've got it, they can do this. Everything that they need within them is already there to carry out this beautiful mission. Sure, all of the unknown can feel like an avalanche just falling and coming down and weighing on us, but honestly, all that's going to do is fog our vision and dampen our clarity to be able to do what needs to be done. And when people give in to fear, they tend to retreat inwardly, run away, disappear, check out, and that's unfortunately so often what we're finding lately it seems like with parents whose children are falling through the cracks and I don't want to get off on another tangent of a completely different topic but honestly I myself have been considering becoming part of 
the foster parent system because so many kids could use a loving home and man all mine my oldest is 21 now in case you didn't catch that they all grew up so fast my youngest is 16 my son is 17 he's a senior graduating this year in a matter of months holy crap it's just all unbelievable and here I sit, still a total mom at heart and trying to figure out my identity without it because facts are facts. They don't need me to feed them and wipe their butts and brush their teeth and clean their rooms and wash their clothes and everything anymore. And the fact of the matter also is that I totally did not mind doing those things, but knowing what I know now and being the person that I am now and a little bit more patient and focused and just self-aware, I would give myself way more to that role and I just feel like there's so much more that I could be doing. So until that topic comes up in a conversation, I just want to really thank you for hanging in there with me and listening to my story of the greatest miracle I could have just never even imagined coming to my life at the perfect time. She really saved me because I was in such an unloving place, you know, in my own heart and in my environment around me. I didn't have a lot of people that valued me, that I was feeling valued by, I guess I should say. And so it, when you're in high school, like those are the memories and, and you have the friends and you have the all the stuff that I just wasn't experiencing. And I ultimately know now that I had my God with me all along and that's the only value that I ever really need. I didn't learn these facts and truths until way late in life. I didn't quite have them at that time, but there was really an underlying sense that I was meant for big things and I had a big purpose and that I was special and not to let all these things around me bring me down and I'll get through them. And I've always had that attitude. I've tried to face everything head on. Although cracking at times, sure, I am still human and things can certainly seem exponentially hopeless at times, but it always worked out. I watched miracles just come to life before my eyes for so many years, and then all of a sudden I was able to explain them and understand, and I mean, my faith has just come so far, and... I'm hoping that it's prominent enough in my children's lives and those around me now to be making a difference because there were all those years that there was none. There was no difference. It was all the same and it was all painful and frustrating and argumentative and toxic and, you know, I could apologize for days for some of the decisions I made. All in all, I made a lot of good decisions. I did. I really, really did. I loved those kids with all my heart, and I still do, and I would ultimately do anything for them. But it is such a tricky path to navigate, this parenting, I tell ya. It's, uh... <laughs> okay, I could go on then. 
But instead, I will invite you to click the link below and submit a comment or a question. I would love to get in touch and connect with you uh, and drive maybe some more topics for further episodes as well. I want to thank you again for tuning in and hopefully following me for more content and maybe sharing with others that you know who could stand to get uncomfortable with us. Take care.